welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Hey, if you're new with us, just join us. Put your hand over your heart. We make some declarations because we believe that our life follows our mouth. So let's get our mouth right today. Say this with me. Say, I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2021 is my year of possible. Things that have been impossible in my past are being overtaken by what is possible in my future. Put an amen on that. Come on. I declare that 2021 is a year of divine conjunction where God has been and is working all things together from my past and present for my future good. I declare that according to Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I declare this year, 2021, with God, come on y'all, all things are possible. And one last thing, I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed, come on, and highly favored of the Lord. Are y'all ready? Let's get ready. All right. Well, hey, you may be seated. We're so glad that you're here and honored that you're here. And, you know, when you come into a church and you hear about the you effect, some people might say, well, I thought it was about Jesus. It is as it relates to you. So the you effect. So, again, our, our core scripture for this year, Luke 137, for with God, nothing, no thing will be impossible. I want to ask you a big question to start with, and that is, what do you want to be when you grow up? You were probably asked that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? And by the way, here's the real statistics. Watch this. This is pretty interesting. Um, Did you ultimately become one of the professionals you dreamed of as a child? 21% said yes. 78% said no, but look at the job satisfaction. Are you happy with your current job? People who ended up in their dream job, yes, 88%. People who didn't end up in their dream job, yes, 30% said no. So again, pretty interesting thought processes, but the main thought that I want to give you is, first of all, that question is the wrong question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Can I just remind you that you are not a human doing, you're a human being. And too often times, even in the thought processes, we have related what we do to who we are as people. But I wanna give you a leadershipology. And like Marcus Aurelius, who wrote Meditations, I write these for myself and maybe it'll help you. It's never too late to be the you that you could have been. It's never too late to be the you that you could have been, not to do what you could have done. That's true as well. But the most important thing that you need to understand is that everybody here has a philosophy of life. And if you've been around here for a while, you know this, no matter how young or how old you are, you have a philosophy of life. If somebody were to ask you your philosophy of life, well, the first question for a lot of people who hadn't been taught this, and this is what I do when I coach people and we do masterminds and things like that is I I begin to have a conversation with people about their own philosophy of life. We try to build in things into their spiritual, emotional, physical, friend philosophy, uh, financial philosophy, family philosophy, your calling or job philosophy, your what I call sila philosophy, which is your heaven on earth. What is it that brings you heaven on earth in your life? And so over a period of time, we try to help people shape a philosophy of life because most of us have not ever gone through anything like that. And so we don't even know how to answer the question. We don't even know how to answer the question, well, what is your philosophy of life? Because you have a philosophy of life. If you're married, you have a philosophy of marriage. You may not realize it, but it's more by default than by design for most people. You know, they just think my life will be better with this person than not with this person. And then when their life doesn't become better with this person than without this person, they trade them in for somebody else that maybe will make them happy or whatever. But the reality is this, is that your your philosophy of life can be broken down in three words. It's how you think, how you be, and what you do in your life. It proves your philosophy of life. 
So the way I like to say it is your think plus your be plus your do equals what you have in life. So again, regardless of where you are in your journey, regardless of how young or how old you are, regardless of how successful or, or maybe not successful that you see yourself right now, one of the things that can always be shaped better is your personal philosophy of life. And whether you realize this or not, this is what's happening every week when you come into the house of God because we wanna help you have a biblical philosophy of life. We want you to know that you can be led, not just by your own dreams and desires, but you can actually be led by the Spirit of God. And so that's our goal, that's our heart, is to help you do that. So the Bible says that my job as a father of this house, the Bible says that God gave gifts in Ephesians for pastors, prophets, apostles, teachers, and evangelists to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So again, it's interesting that God calls you a saint. How you doing, saint? How's your sainthood going? But the reality is that my job as a father and as an apostle, as a founder of this company that we're sitting in right now, this particular entity, this church, that's what an apostle is. He's a founder. He's a father or, or a mother who, who, who founds something. And so as, as that person, my job is to help you understand that I'm not gonna tell you what to think, I'm gonna hopefully help you think better. I'm not gonna tell you how to be, I'm just gonna encourage you to be better. I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but I'm just gonna encourage you based on how you think and based on who you choose to be, what you do is either gonna work for you or not work for you. And at the end of the day, we ask an effective question, no matter what you think, no matter how you be, no matter what you do, here's the effectiveness question, how's that working for you? Well, it'd work a lot better if they, them, that, if they would just, you know, if people would just, you know, and by the way, and all of a sudden, I've got one pointing that way and there's three, oh, wow, maybe it's not just about them. Maybe it's not just about this. Maybe what God's word says is really true. Well, what does his word say? Psalms 139. For you created my innermost or inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. This is beautiful. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I just tell you that God made you fearfully and wonderful? You're wonderful. In case nobody's told you today, you're wonderful. You know why you're wonderful? Not because I say it, but because that's what God says about you. You're fearfully wonder, and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, that's called the womb. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days, all the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I'm still with you. And I could just talk about that for a minute. When I'm awake, I'm still with you. Can I just tell you, when you're asleep, God's with you. On your worst days, God's with you. On your best days, God's with you. In the worst seasons of your life, in the best seasons of your life, God is with you. Somebody say amen, come on. So don't just, here's my encouragement to you. And again, this is, when I give you a leadership apology, just know, again, like Marcus Aurelius, who wrote Meditations, these are, these are for me, and I just hope it helps you. Don't just be you, but seek to be the you God created you to be. The wonderful you. The wonderful you that God's created you to be. So here's a bigger question. What's the big question? The big question is, what do you wanna be when you grow up? But here's the bigger question. Who do you wanna be? Right now at this season of your life, who do you want to be? Not who somebody else says you are, not, not who the people are around you, not who you are in your, married, in your marriage, not who you are as a parent, not who you are as a boss or as an employee or as an employer, not who you are as an entrepreneur. No, that's what you do. And again, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. And so the you effect we're talking about, Josh so really greatly talked about think last week. I'm talking about be, who do you want to be? Again, another leadershipology for me, and I hope it benefits you. The you, you choose to be, 
will determine what you make important in life. Some people can never figure this out. Like, they can never figure out, like, like they, they start to develop by default philosophies of life. Like, why does this always happen to me? Why, why, why do things not work out like I thought they were going to work out? And here's the reality, and I talk about this a lot, and I could spend a lot of time talking about it today. Are you telling a story about you based on your future or your past? Because you're telling a story. I said it this way when I was in college, you're writing a gospel, a chapter each day by deeds that you do and words that you say. Men read what you write, whether faithless or true. What is the gospel according to you? The stories you're telling about your life are not as much about what happened to you, but what happened in you that has made you you. Let me read that again. The stories you are telling about your life are not as much about what happened to you, but what happened in you that has made you you. So now, again, one of my leadership apologies that for me is this, and I hope it helps you, is is it's not, happen, it's not what happens to you that's most important. It's what happens in you so that what God wants to do through you can happen. So here's what happens to a lot of people. They get messed up. They, they, they get messed up because they, they get outward focused. They start looking outward. They start seeing what's wrong with this or that, with their marriage, their job, their whatever it is. And they start looking at what has happened to them and what is happening to them. And then they allow what is happening out there to happen on the inside. And therefore the outside is influencing who the person is they are choosing to become by default based on what has happened. Are you with me? So once I can understand, look, I can't control what they do, what they say, what's going on out here. Here's what I can do. If I'm struggling with something, here is where I stop. In any struggle that I have in life, what needs to change in me? Number one, if I'm struggling with, with Precious, by the way, her name is Precious, I'm Keith. What does that tell you? Some of you are the Keith in the relationship. It has nothing to do with male or female. You're just the difficult one. And guess what? The reality is that so many people go through life and they just kind of settle into that. It's okay with them to just kind of be a problem because wherever you go, would you please help me and finish it? There you are. And so people settle into that in marriage. They settle into that in their job and they can't figure out why they're always the problem because they've decided to be the problem. They've decided to make an issue about something. I had somebody close to me and they might be watching. <laughs> who recently said to me, now I won't go into the whole story, but where we live, all the trash was picked up except our trash. As if the, even the trash person had something against them. So I thought in my mind to teach them a lesson, I'm going to go without them knowing it and haul their trash away because it's a person that I love and then use it as a teaching moment. Because if you're going to be around me, you're going to learn something. I said, you're going to learn something. And if you decide to stay the same, we're probably not going to be in a relationship. It's just the truth. Because the reality is, if, until you're a lifelong learner, you are stuck in, in who you have decided to be based on what has happened in your past. And God loves each of us enough to bring people into our life for the great future that he has for us that force us to not be what has happened to us, but force us by who they are to want to be a better person. I want to be around people who make me want to be a better person, not people who are just that I, that I project on them. Here's what I need you to do for me so my life can be happier. You're, you're the Keith in the relationship if you're that way. So, so I'll just ask an honest question. There's Precious and then there's Keith. 
How many of you are more of the Keith in the relationship than the precious one? Thank you for your honesty. Some of you are having a hard time raising your hand. Just do that for your spouse. Just say you're, you are, that's, that's who is. But I want you to watch this story because this is us. This is us. This is who we're striving to be as a church. Not just where there's good preaching, not just where there's good worship, not just where you feel better because you came into church, although we hope that. Not just a hospital for the hurting, although we hope that if you're hurting. But we want to be a tribe in the earth where when bad things happen to people, because of who we are, we make a bad situation better. Watch this story. My name is Lehia Hutchins, and this past winter storm, we had damage to our home. We were in Savannah, Georgia, and our neighbor, I actually happened to give him the key. I thought, just in case of an emergency, we were supposed to come back on Tuesday night, and our flight was canceled. So we were stuck in Savannah. We thought, oh, what the heck, we'll spend a few more days exciting, get past the whole freeze and everything. We received a phone call from our neighbor telling us that our pipes burst and he was trying to find a way to turn off the water. As we told him where to find everything, he tried going outside and then that blew up and water started pouring out, he said, like a fire hydrant and he was unable to turn off the water. So we were able to get back into Dallas the very next day. When we drove up to the house, uh, we were truly just anxious, a little anxious, but at the same time, just curious what everything looked like. So we opened the door and honestly, you can't even imagine. We had ceiling that had come down, um, you know, walls that were so wet. There was so much water that had literally poured out that it was just gushing out into the garage and out through the front door. As we walked through the house and we were assessing the damage, we realized that everything in the living room was damaged and ruined. Uh, the kitchen also, all cabinets, everything was damaged and ruined. The master bedroom also, all the furniture that we had on the ground level was completely unsalvageable. So here we are needing to vacate our home as soon as possible. I mean, get everything packed up, everything ready. So Pastor Steve told me, all right, Monday, the Monday after everything happened, I got people coming for you. He posted on Facebook, people were received emails. I don't know how it happened. Come Monday, man, oh man, the people came in in droves. It was unbelievable. It was almost overwhelming. And when I walked in, I just, started crying. I just couldn't believe that these women, whether they knew me or didn't know me, I mean, most I didn't even know. And it was just mind blowing to see the people that came out to help. We had at least 25, 30 people here. It was almost overwhelming for me because I just couldn't stop crying. As I went around hugging each person and thanking them for being here, I just, I couldn't stop crying. And, it was funny because I think they were thinking I was sad or upset because my home was a mess and a wreck, but I honestly was just so moved and touched and overwhelmed by the fact that these people that didn't really know us came and helped us pack up all of our stuff. Because of our relationships at ELC and the areas that we've served in, we've made some really great friends and those people came and then people that couldn't were sending us food. And had we not plugged in as soon as we arrived at this church, it would be a different story right now. Our family of choice has helped us weather the storm, and it's been absolutely amazing.
So here's, here's the enemy's plan. God has a plan. In fact, we say it around here like this. Understand the plan, follow the pattern, receive the promise. Understand the plan. If God created you, he's got a plan for you. Understand the plan. That's what we're trying to do here every weekend. Follow the patterns of Scripture and receive all the promises that are yours to receive. But the enemy has a different plan. And the plan is, is that he comes to steal, the Bible says in John 10, 10, kill and destroy. And so his desire is to whatever on a large scale, a small scale, it doesn't matter, is to, is to have things happen in your life that you're focused on the what. And all of a sudden, your being is beginning to be determined by what's happening around you, by what's happening to you, by what people have done, what people haven't done, that was your expectation that they should have done. And pretty soon, who we are as people is being limited. You can be born again spirit-filled, by the way, and be like this. Is it, you, you think just because you're born again, spirit filled, oh, oh yeah, you're not like this. No, what, what you have to realize if you're struggling in your attitude, if you're, if you're overly frustrated, if you find yourself in a situation where you just don't like what's going on, then guess what? Don't do that. Because you, you, gotta, you gotta understand, if you're gonna do that, understand this. What, what is God wanting to do? What is God wanting to do in me? What is, how is God? So, so I'll never forget this uh, because I was preaching in a church in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and I got through preaching, and a man came to me afterwards, and he was, at that time, so this would have been in the 80s. Man, the 80s. Oh, my goodness. How long ago was the 80s? 40 years ago, man. Anyway, back in the 80s, back in the 80s, this guy comes up to me, and so he, would have, he was probably in his 60s in the 80s. He said, hey, would you just pray for me? And I said, sure, I'll pray for you. And he said, he said, well, I'm an elder in the church. That, that's supposed to denote spiritual or a pastor. There must be a spiritual person or they're an elder. He said, my, my wife, we, there was a hell storm and uh, it broke out some of the windows in our house and she, she just can't get over it. Now, let me just be forthright with you. Um, in my 20s, I was a little less filtered than I am now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, A, just help me, like, not just say everything, but sometimes it just comes out. I don't know if y'all know that about me, but sometimes it'll, it'll come out. It's pretty unfiltered sometimes. Anyway, so, but I still, at least you know, you don't ever have to wonder, like, what does he really feel about it? Oh, this is what he feels about it. All right, so, 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 so I said, to him, I said, now, and again, I won't tell you the whole conversation <clears throat> because I'm honestly not sure how it went in terms for him. But I said, uh, did you say you're an elder? He said, well, yes, I am. And uh, so I looked at him and my 26-year-old self, and I said, you need to lead your wife. He goes, well, I was just coming to ask for prayer. I said, oh, no, no, God can't fix this. Because if he hadn't fixed it yet, and she's still crying over broken windows, he's just going, well, uh, okay. I said, so that'd be my advice. You know, I know I'm young and stuff, <laughs> but here I am at 61, and I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> In other words, if you want to know somebody's level of maturity, look at what upsets them or offends them. It doesn't matter if they're a pastor. It doesn't matter if they're a spiritual person. What does it take to get you upset? What does it take to get you all riled up? And as you get older and more mature, it should be less of that and more of, you know what? Hey, this is who I am in good times, in bad times, in sickness and in health, in riches and in maybe not so riches. But I've decided this is who I'm going to be. So that's why we're talking about you today and not just how you think, but how you think will determine how you be. So the bigger question is, who do you want to be? But here's the biggest question. The biggest question is found in Hamlet's soliloquy when Shakespeare said, to be... Hmm. So the question is not, what do I want to be when I grow up? The question is not even just who do I want to be? The question is to be 
or not to be, that, that's really the, the, the question. I should never have to wonder how somebody's going to be in a certain situation. The situation just reveals how they are. Rewind. I shouldn't wonder how upset somebody's going to be in a particular situation. The situation just reveals who they already are. And just because you get older does not mean that you mature. You know how maturity happens? When you handle a bad situation well. Well, y'all ready to go home? That's good preaching. I can feel feel this apply that. Do this apply that. And really answer that question in this season of your life. Who do you want to be? And then once you answer that question, okay, here's how I'm going to be and here's how I'm not going to be. So with that said, let me give you one of my leadershipologies, if I already said this, that are for me, and I hope it helps you. Keith, never allow any situation or person to dictate who you are. Keith, be the best you that you can be in every in any and every situation. Keith, by being your best, you are sowing the best for your blessed future. Come on, somebody. I'm, I, in other words, when I'm deciding that, all right? So, so I'm only gonna get to one thing today. My, my best friend, Scott, came to me after the service. He said, man, I downloaded your notes and you didn't get to hardly any of them. And I said, yeah, that's why we have notes. So they're all there for you and you can do your own study on this. But I'm gonna get to this first one because this one is the game changer. This one is the game changer. Be an energy producer and don't be an energy demander. In life, Keith, this is a leadershipology, this is for me. You're either an energy producer or an energy demander. Energy producers, Keith, add value wherever they go. Energy demanders require that they be valued wherever they go. So we're gonna go through this pretty quick. Energy producers versus energy demanders. Energy producers bring fun to relationships. Man, are you one of the people who bring fun to your relationship? Because if you're not, You're making it hard on everybody. (laughs) You see, the truth is you gotta decide, I'm I'm gonna bring some fun into this relationship. Energy demanders suck life out of relationships. That's why you need to decide, you know what? We're gonna, let's make this fun. That's what I love about Pastor Precious. No matter whatever situation we're in, Let's make this fun. When the electricity goes off in our house in whatever snowmageddon, wintermageddon, icemageddon, whatever it was that we were suffering through in Texas, and when, when things don't work like they're gonna, supposed to work out, hey, we've got this one room where we can light a fire, baby. Mm-hmm. There might not be a lot working right, but the fire is lit. (laughs) Be the person that brings the fun to relationships. If you're my friend, I promise you we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. We're not gonna be like overthinking stuff. We're not gonna be like, ah, I don't know if I wanna do that. It's like, no, what's next? Let's make some fun happen. Energy producers initiate honor for others. Energy demanders need honor and recognition for others. Energy producers approbate and praise others. I learned this from Dale Carnegie. He said, be hearty with your approbation and lavish with your praise. But energy demanders criticize others. Energy producers are problem solvers. Can I just ask you a question? Are you a problem solver? Or like my friend Zig Ziglar used to say, some people find fault like there's a reward for it. (laughs) It's like, I don't know if you've ever been around people like that, but man, it's like they're gonna find something wrong with everything. But an energy producer, guess what? An energy producer is somebody that's a problem solver. And can can I just ask you a question? When people look at you, are you a problem solver? Are you a person that's talking about the problem all the time? Well, it's just this way, and it's this way, and it's this way, and it's this way, and it's this way. 
Like, like, I, like, like you know, sometimes you, you got to know in building a church, you have all different kind of people that in, that in 21 years come through here that all want different things. Hey, I think we ought to do that. And my response is, yeah, I think you ought to do that. I think we ought to have more of the Spirit of God. You know what? I'd really like you to have more of the Spirit of God because if you get more of the Spirit of God in you, it'll bring more of the Spirit of God into this room. Can, can I just tell y'all, I am not the Holy Ghost show up here. It's like our job as a worship team is not to make you just feel like, oh, you've been to church. Can I tell you, before I got here this morning, I've already worshiped God. I've already spent time in God's presence. So guess what? This is just supposed to be a corporate rally where we come together. And yes, if you're hurting, we want you to be healed. Yes, if you're sick, we want you to be made whole. Yes, if you've got problems, and we all do. This is the solution center. This is a place where we solve problems. And can I tell you something? My friend Chris Roberts is sitting over here. Chris, here's the truth. You're in the risk management business and you are a problem solver and you need problem solvers around you. But the reality is this, is that most people cannot figure out why they can't make more money. They can't figure out why they get stuck. They can't figure out why their career's not going anywhere. Lean in, listen very close now because I got my coaching hat on. It's because you were put on this earth to solve people's problems. And if you're not solving the problem in yourself, you're not gonna be valued where you work. Some people never get it. They don't appreciate me. They don't, you know, they don't, they just don't get. If you're an energy producer, you're on the problem solving side of life not on the fault-finding side of life. Here's what's wrong with that person. Here's what's wrong with this place. Here's what's wrong with my boss. Hey, some of you have a boss that you don't like very much right now. Maybe God puts you in there to solve problems that he couldn't so you can be the boss someday. Rather than, rather than complaining about what your boss isn't. Rather than complaining about what this place is or isn't. I would tell my kids, and many of you have heard this, Pastor Sheila talks about it in her book, Live Your Legacy. And I hope you'll get that book, male or female. Again, it's just a great thought process. But, but if you can understand, we talked about our children. I would ask them this question. What are you contributing? Not what are you taking? See, one of them that I'm not going to get to today is decide to be a giver and not a taker. Because you got to get that early or you'll go through life feeling like you're owed something by people. And nobody, y'all look in my eyes now, nobody owes you nothing, including the United States of America. They do not owe you anything. They give you an opportunity. That's what it's about. But once you get on that taken side of life, you'll take and you'll take and you'll take. And people can't figure it out in their career. They can't figure out, like, why, why did my career go dead or why am I stuck or why am I in a dead-end situation? Here's why. Because you're not solving more problems. You're not bringing more solutions. So again, energy producers versus energy demanders. Energy producers seek peace, Energy demanders start strife. Like they don't even realize they're starting strife. But like they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're walking around and, and there's an aura of just strife around them because of their internal strife that again is about who they are as a person. That really it's always been that way. And they didn't learn their lessons along the way. So life does not get easier for those people life gets harder for those people. Really get that. God is concerned 100% with who you are more than he is about what you do. And yet I grew up in church, Veronica, and you know what I, I would hear about? You need to be a good boy. You need to do more right than you do wrong. And, 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 and that's how you know if you're a good Christian because you do more right than you do wrong. No, no, here's the reality. What God is concerned about is who I'm becoming in the process 
of who God has called me to become. Even before I was formed, he called me wonderful. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so as I turn my, my thinking towards God and his ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are higher than ours. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, Isaiah 55 says, so are God's thoughts higher and God's ways higher than ours. As I turn my, my perception to God and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I become a part of something that's bigger than myself, like Lahia and her family. I mean, here they are, they're devastated. It's not just about, hey, we have a great servant leader culture here. We have, a, we have a great culture where people are deciding to be the hands and feet and heart of Jesus. That's what happened yesterday as we fed almost 500 families again. It, it's, it, it never stops. It never stops. And so this is the beauty of belonging to a church. This is the beauty of, of being plugged in. This is the beauty of doing relationship on this level. Why? Because all of us are going to go through tough times. And in those tough times, it reveals, your tough times will reveal not only who you are. You see, whatever happens in my life shouldn't determine who I am. It shouldn't determine my attitude. It shouldn't determine. And that's why I got up this morning. And before I, let me say it this way. I woke up this morning and before my feet hit the floor out loud with Pastor Precious laying next to me, I said out loud, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good morning, Precious. I said that to myself because that's the word of God. That's three scriptures in the Bible. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I don't know what's gonna happen by the end of this day, but I've already made a decision. First of all, God, I honor you. This is your day. And now here's who I'm gonna be in this day. I'm gonna rejoice. I'm not going to have a bad attitude. And if I do, I'll repent quickly. I'm not going to go through and be overly frustrated because, because God, before I was even in my mother's womb, you, you made this day for me. So why should I go through this day and be mad and angry and upset and just, just, just unhappy? Listen, God made you to win. He made you to achieve. He made you to be glorious, powerful, Don't give in to the outside stuff or them or that. So energy producers are filled with gratitude. Listen to this now. Energy demanders are filled with matitude. <laughs> you ever been around somebody just mad all the time? Just upset, just heavy, just, just heavy. Oh, isn't, aren't they fun to be around? Oh, life is just... So hard, it's just, uh, I live in America. That's where hard starts. It's a, it's a horrible place. It's, uh, so many things need to change here. Oh, just, uh, uh. You, you know when I get a attitude? This is the truth. Josh calls me on it. He'll go, Dad, have you been watching the news? I go, Yes, why are you asking that? <laughs> Is it about my demeanor? Am I coming across wrong? Because I'm about to kill people on the news? <laughs> so, I've stopped watching the news because it makes me have a matitude. <laughs> Is anybody with me? I. I like, I want, to know, I, know, I want to know what's going on politically, but it makes me so mad. Come to America. Everybody, especially Texas, flood us. It's awesome. I won't get into it. But anyway, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't even watch it because all of a sudden I'm being who I don't want to be. It's a truth. And Josh calls me on it. He goes, Dave, watch this. I go, I promise, son, I have it. He goes, well, you seem a little, you seem a little wired up. I said, well, I've been with your mother. And you know what, you know what she is to me? She is, she, uh, Dr. John, she is my peace. I lay down at night and I'm, I'm telling you, many of y'all know, but I, I work hard. Some of y'all don't know, but I, Last week, personally coached 20 people to be 20 hours on the phone and have something to actually say to people that helps them. Helps them. And then trying to solve problems in between 
The week before that, full week of masterminds, 200 people pouring into 200 people in about a two or three day period. On and on I could go. Whoa, whoa, it's me. I live in America. I'm having to work my tail off. Man, sometimes I got to be around people that have attitudes. And by the way, not everybody thinks I'm wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to feel wonderful, but they're not making me feel wonderful. And it's just adding to my attitude right now. How many of y'all struggle sometimes with having a attitude? Come on. At that, that's, that, at that point, that's when you have to decide, I don't want to be this way. So what happens when Sheila and I argue? Because of me, I'm the Keith in the relationship. Yes. <laughs> what happens when there's an issue between us? About 50% of the time, I'll say, I'll stop myself and say, I don't want to be like this. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know how the Holy Spirit works, that's how the Holy Spirit works. And you just don't go with you. Oh, just do you, girl. No, please don't. <laughs> well, you knew the way I was when you married me. Yeah, but I believed. <laughs> you know we've been together a long time. Yeah, but I keep hoping. <laughs> See, here's what people settle into based on what has happened in their life that is disappointing them, based on what's happening in their life that's frustrating them, they become somebody because of that and them rather than pre-deciding, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good morning, precious. Then I reached over and I touched Sheila and I said, and good morning to you, precious. You see, if I don't feel precious about me because God calls me precious in Isaiah 43, verse four, if I don't feel precious about me, how can she ever be precious? And that's what's going on in a lot of marriages. That's what's going on in a lot of businesses. That's what's going on in a lot of life. The way somebody feels about themselves, they don't even realize by default they've chosen to be like they are. That's causing them to be an energy demander to everybody around them rather than an energy producer. I just want to be an energy producer. I want to walk in the room and the you effect is, by the way, let me just ask you a question. How many of you believe that no matter what room you walk in, there's something about you that's affecting the atmosphere in that room? How many of you believe that? You know why? And my first person I ever heard say this was, um, oh, John, I can't think of his name right now, but it'll come to me in a minute. But, but he was an author that I connected with years ago, back in the 80s. And uh, uh, yeah, John Wooden, Sheila was saying John Wooden because I was listening to a podcast that John Wooden did when he was about 96 years of age. And I thought, this is just this last week. And I thought, man, John Mason is who I'm talking about. But John Wooden, as I was listening to this old man, that just give this wisdom. I thought if people would just apply that right there. But John Mason said this years ago. He said, you're either a thermometer or you're a thermostat. And what are you? Are you the person that's checking everybody's, you know, checking, you know, you're, you're, you're the, you're, you've got the thermometer. Or when you walk in, if it's too hot in there, it cools down. If it's too cool in there, it warms up. Because you're not just the thermometer, you're the thermostat. Come on, y'all. So... So being an energy producer is somebody that's filled with gratitude. Energy demanders are filled with gratitude. Gratitude, again, Keith, leadershipology, is an energy producing magnet that draws more of what you want towards you. So when you focus on your spouse and what you're grateful for in your spouse, when you focus on your boss or your employees or whatever it is, and, and, and focus on what you're grateful for and you actually express that, then guess what you're doing? What you're doing is you're being the thermostat, not the thermometer. You're being an energy producer and just deciding, I'm not gonna have a attitude. Can we just decide right now? Come on, everybody, just with me. Some of y'all came in here mad. You're, you're mad right now. You're mad that I'm talking about this. You're, 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 you're mad because you're the Keith in the relationship. Well, get over it. It's my name, goodness sakes. I mean, here, here's what I'm telling you. 
Hey, let's decide right now. Let's let the mattitude go. Come on, y'all with me with that? I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let it, come on, just let it go. Everybody lift up your hands like this. Say, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna be grateful. God, I thank you in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me, you. Y'all getting that? We're almost through. Energy producers are I can people. Energy, energy demanders are I can't people. I, you know, I've, I've traveled a long time and flown on airplanes. And um, one of the most frustrating things sometimes is just dealing with personalities, as you know, in every situation. But, uh, but if I ever need like a change to happen and I'm talking to somebody, I'm just going to use this as an example because it's happened many, many times. And I'm talking to the person behind the counter that's trying to do their job. And I get it. I understand that. And they're telling me, no, I can't do that. I'll always say, can I talk to your supervisor? And immediately that kind of shocks him. Well, uh, they're, they're going to tell you the same thing. I said, they might. But I said, I'm just looking for somebody that can make a decision. They won't just say, I can't. So about 50% of the time, by the way, what was I can't turns to I can. Because I just keep going up the ladder until somebody goes, yeah, we can do that. Why? Because the fact that I summon them, there's people, listen to me, there's people all around you that if you're an I can do person, you will attract I can do people and they'll want to make your can do happen for you. Come on. That's, that's what's important. But, but guess what? I've got some very bad news. If you're an I can't person, they'll be all around you. <laughs> I can't, I can't either. Oh, I know. Oh, I can't. I can't, I, like, I, would you just, change, would you act right right now? I just, I can't. No, you won't because of who you've decided to be. Somebody say, that's good preaching. Thank you. Will, Josh said, that's an ankle breaker. I heard you son. Josh. Josh, 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 stand up and get a microphone real quick. We're, we're almost through because I'm really hungry and we're going to go eat. But, uh, but, but Josh, when you were a little boy, just, let's just talk about gratitude for a minute. You struggled with your attitude at times. Yeah. As a big boy too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many of y'all as big boys and big girls, you still struggle every once in a while. Okay. So, so, uh, so anyway, talk, talk a little bit about that just for a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always felt like growing up, I, I told my dad this between services, I always felt like growing up, you know, uh, he's always very positive, you know, and uh, so I'd ask, like, he'd be like, you need to be more positive, right? I don't even know where to start with that. Like, okay, I get that, but the world's awful. How can I be positive? <laughs> this is a horrible place. And what's happening to me is not that great either, you know? <laughs> like, what's there to be, how do I even start? Like, I, so I'd ask him, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I'm like 10, 11, 12, Okay, Dad, I like really want to be positive, but I don't even know, you know, Where how start? do you do that? It's like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Anyway, it's impossible. And uh, so, so, I, so he said, he said this one thing that really, it was one of the first things as a young person that I really heard and held on to that changed my life forever. And that's, it's impossible to be negative and grateful at the same time. So if you, if you are a person, maybe you're more like me, and that you struggle with negativity or difficulty or attitude or whatever, or you're cynical about the state of the world, um, try gratitude. If you just find something to be grateful for, all of a sudden you find that your attitude is just in a completely different place. Because I was a can't person. I was a, you know, I don't know. Even stuff that seemed fun Like there was to times me. where I go, God, like, what are you doing? Like, this is my son. <laughs> Why did you like, give did you me do this? this on purpose? Like, like, I, like, I thought a little boy would see his father and go, oh, I want to be like him. How's your father? Get on the, I don't know. <laughs> but, but like, Josh, it was beautiful though, because he had such a great heart. And listen, negative people start out with great hearts. Yeah. It's just, they've allowed the stuff on the outside to get on the inside and they don't realize I've got the power by God in everything, give thanks. 
That's what the will of God is. So anything else? Yeah, no. Okay, it's thank a- you, son. So <laughs> Josh is my real living example. This stuff really does work. Like when you, hey, when y'all hear him preach, you go, oh, Josh is so sweet. And I go, Man, I'm glad they feel that way. Oh, oh, that was so good what Josh just said. That really helped me. I go, oh, good. Oh, God, you're so good. I mean, you just have no idea. You have no idea. Anyway, it's like, praise the Lord. All right, so... Um, so, so, so Josh, Josh's sister here is Whitney, the, our little worship pastor up here. It, it, doesn't she do beautiful? It's so beautiful. But, but so, so when they were teenagers, guess what little Whitney would say? Josh is not us. Dad, I, Dad, I just want you to know, Josh is not us. I go, I go, honey, listen, just keep believing with me because we're going to get him there. I said, it's going to take all of us, but we're going to, we're going to. Hey, and you think I'm joking, but watch this. The people that you love, I will err on the side and almost get into a point of perverted mercy. What is perverted mercy? When I'm still like, like, you can do it. And they've flown to the moon. Where did they go? I don't know. They're gone. They, oh, I, wow, I was taking every part of my belief saying, they could do it. And yet they couldn't because they haven't, hadn't chosen to be and to understand that's the U effect. So again, I'm almost through. Energy producers add value wherever they go. Energy demanders require that they be valued wherever they go. Big difference. Are you somebody that has to be valued or do you just know you, you add value? You, you know, again, this, this may sound weird, but uh, Jeremy, we've been in ministry a long time. How long have you been in full-time ministry? June 14th, 25 years. So, so here's what happened. By the way, remind me, Josh, on June 14th, so write it down on your phone, to give, to give uh, Jeremy $2,500 on, what, what is it, what's the date? June 14th. June 14th, to, to honor you for 25 years of staying with it, because I know what it takes. So remind me on that day, okay? So write it down, son, so I don't forget. But, 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 but listen, Jeremy, we... Like we know, like we, we know what it's like to feel like we're going to quit. We know what it's like to feel like we're not make, doing any, any good. We know what it's like to feel like, man, you know, to feel unappreciated because it goes with it, doesn't it? Like it doesn't matter. It goes with it. Why? Because we're not in ministry for what it does for us. I'm not doing this because what it does for me. I'm doing this because I believe God is anointed me and appointed me to be a voice for him that, that I'm striving to model it in my own life as best I can. That, so, so in other words, I'm not doing this because any other business, you can do it because it's about you. Ministry, you can't. You can't. You can't. And so, so Jeremy, I, I've shared this recently somewhere. I can't remember where I was. I may have been here. But, but in the early days, I would offer pastors $1,000 to have me come preach. I go, if you'll, if you'll have me come preach in your church, I'll give you personally $1,000. You know what shocked me? Not one pastor took me up on it. What was I doing? I was declaring my value by sowing a seed into them. Now there came a day when I didn't have to do that anymore. But watch this, whether somebody wanted me or didn't want me didn't matter. I was willing to pay for my own value to be given in that situation. That's how you need to see yourself. So, so again, energy producers add value wherever they go. Energy demanders require that they be bad. Every energy producer has to be proven by fire. Y'all listen to this. I'm closing. Every energy demanding person has been burned by fire. Every energy producer has to be proven by fire. If you decide to be gold, you're going to have to have a lot of dross burn off of you. If you decide to be valuable, and, and by the way, God says you're more valuable than gold or silver. But the natural, supernatural correlation is the dross has to be burnt off. And, 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 and you know what, Craig? Here's the truth. The truth is the older we get, we can yield to the rust. We can yield to the dross 
Or we can say, you know what? I'm going to shine like never before, and therefore I'm not going to let rust and dross grow on me just because I'm getting older. I'm getting older, y'all, but in the name of Jesus, because I'm led by the Spirit of God, I'm going to get better in Jesus' name. Because I've decided. Finally, in life, you're either one or the other. You're an energy producer or you're an energy demander. And my invitation to you today is, if you're a good Christian, not just a Christian, but if you're a good Christian, you're an energy producer. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how old you are in the Lord or any of that, how many gifts of the Spirit you got. If you're not on the energy producing side of life, you're not a mature believer. And it's time for us to mature. Come on, are y'all with me? It's time for us to mature. Tough times help you mature. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're saying today. I thank you that in this atmosphere, we have the chance to shift. In this atmosphere, we have the chance to make things happen very quickly. Why? Because you sent your word and it healed them. So, God, I pray that the word of God now that's been sent and delivered in this place, that it would heal every heart. If you're here and you say, Keith, I'm not right with God. In fact, the truth is I'm just more on the side of energy demanding. And I know that about myself, but I want to get more on the energy producing side. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand all of it. Just be honest. Just say, that's where I am today. That's the real, real deal. Father, I pray that every hand that was raised, I pray that every person who hungers to be different, who hungers to be better, who hungers to be the fearfully and wonderful person, and they bring that, that wonderfulness into every situation, into their marriage, into their families, into their friendships, into their finances. God, I pray that you would touch them now in the name of Jesus. Everybody, this is just a good repentance prayer. Everybody say, God, thank you for your word. I pray today that your word would wash me from head to toe so that I can be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, y'all glad you came to church today? I'm glad you were here. Pastor Josh, come on up here real quick. Uh, before we dismiss you, y'all just hang with me just for a second. I'm almost through, unless you just gotta go, go do something. Um, I got a word for April. And I was really debating about whether or not to share it with some of my coaching clients. I shared it, not all of them. With some of our masterminds, I shared it, not, not all of them. But I felt, I, I didn't know if I was gonna share it with the church, but I feel a release to share it with you because I think for some of you, you need this word. It is a direct word from God for us in this season. And it's found in Ezekiel 34, verse 26. Before we get to that, before I read that, I want, it, I want you to say this with me. It's not a scripture, but you know it. April showers bring... Did anybody not know that? Don't raise your hand. But anyway, <laughs> the truth is April showers, everybody say it, April showers bring May flowers. I don't know if we learned that in the Almanac or where we learned that, but, uh, but Josh, I'm going to ask Almanac, you. Almanac, that's pre-1980s right there. <laughs> this is not, not for farmers. I, don't I promise know. you that. All right. So read this, read this scripture. And, and y'all get ready. How many of you are ready for a word for you for this month? God didn't give me a word every month, but last month was miracle month. And by the way, we made miracles happen. We paid $3.2 million debt off for people that couldn't pay it. So we made miracles happen. But Josh, it's April. Read, read the scripture. And I want you to read the whole thing. And then I want you to read it. And I'm going to stop you. So read the whole scripture. Okay. So Ezekiel 34, 26. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Okay. So I want you to read it again. I'm going to stop you. So start. I will make them and the places all around my hill okay, a blessing. Okay, stop right there. So, so God says, I will make them, that's you, and all the places, that's your tribe, that's your family, and your businesses that are around my hill a blessing. What does hill represent in scripture? It's synonymous with mountain. In hermeneutics, the science and art of biblical interpretation, when you look and you're interpreting scripture, part of what you understand is it's not just what's being said, it's also what that means. And so hill and, and mountain are synonymous in scripture. They both mean authority, place where God's spirit dwells. In, in today's world, that means his church. So in that, in, that, in that regard, I want you to listen to the scripture again. God says, I will make them and all the places around my hill 
a blessing. So here's what I want to tell you. God is going to make you a blessing this month. Are you willing to be a blessing? Are you willing to be a channel of blessing that God can bless through? All right. Now, the next thing in this scripture I want you to see is God says, I will cause showers to come down in their season. I will cause showers to come down in their season. God's going to make them and the places around my hill, the places that are, that are, that are moving the kingdom forward, the places that have a kingdom mindset, both families and businesses that are about advancing God's kingdom. I'm going to make them a blessing, but then I am going to cause Say it again. Showers. I'm going to cause showers to come down in their season. So this is a season where showers are coming, but God says not just showers for flowers in May, but showers of blessing. I'm speaking showers of blessing over you, over your family, over your business. Now, let me tell you what I do when I get a word. Listen very carefully. This is our year of possible. I don't wait for the possible to happen. I decide, God, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm your son in the earth. So I'm going to be somebody that you use to make the impossible possible. So when I get a word from God, I don't wait for the word to happen. I grew up in church. That's what most people do. Well, that didn't happen for me. Did you do it? Did you take it first of all in yourself and say, I'm going to be that so I can do that. So, so in March, I, I just declared it miracle month. It happened for a lot of people, but watch this. We made miracles happen for people because that's who we've chosen to be. So when I announce a word, this is what we're going to do because this is who we are. Think, be, do, right? So then when I got this word about a week and a half ago, the first thing I did within the first 30 minutes is I looked for two people to shower with blessing. And I showered those people with blessing and I have not stopped. So my little friend over here, Arthur, just yesterday, was it yesterday? I think it was. I just blessed him with $100. Just stuck it right there on his pen. I'm not saying this for you to look at me. I'm telling you, this is what I do with the word. Jeremy, this morning I walk in and he's such a giver, so generous. He has an envelope. I open up the envelope. It's just a chunk of 20s. Well, I've got six guys in my, uh, in my warrior suite who pray with me before the services. And so I said, Mitch, Here's a 20. I want you to give it to Mike. And he gave it to Mike. And I said, Mike, I want you to give that to Chuck. And Chuck, he gave it to Chuck. And then Chuck gave it to Scott. And, and then Scott gave it to Chris. And then I still had some more 20s. So I gave Mitch another 20. I said, I said, Mitch, give that to Mike. Mike, give that to Chuck. Chuck, or give that to Scott. Scott, give that to Chris. And it went around again. And then Jeremy comes walking in the room. I've still got 20s. I said, Jeremy, I know you gave me this. In fact, Josh reminded me. Josh is like, he's always the way like, he goes, uh. wait, he gave that to you. I said, that's exactly right. And I'm, I've got three 20s and I'm giving it back to him. And Josh, oh, by the way, just because you're in the room, I've got two 20s left. Here's $40. <laughs> What's the point? Proximity matters. Yeah. And the proximity you're in right now is God is going to make you a blessing and God's going to cause showers of blessing to come not only just on you, but to flow through your hands. And so I've decided all April long, I'm going to be showering people with blessing. Well, guess what? It started happening for me, y'all. It's just crazy. I was coaching a guy this last week, Josh and David was on the call with me and the guy already invested himself for me to coach him. He said, Hey, I just want you to know, I've actually started applying some of this stuff. <laughs> True? He goes, I've started applying this and it really does work. And I just want to sow $5,000 into you. I said, well, praise the Lord. He's already <laughs> investing in himself. He's already paying me to coach him. Then another guy that I coach that was here in the last service. Again, these are guys that I pour into. When I announced to him that, hey, this is showers of blessing. He goes, it's interesting you should say that because I'm going to be there Sunday. And oh, by the way, I'm bringing you a seed. And so he sowed a seed into me. I don't even know what it is yet, but he walked in Josh and it was his wife and it was his two daughters. One is 11 and one is 15. The 15 year old led with an envelope. 15 year old. I, opened, I go, thank you so much. I opened it up. It's a hundred dollar bill. 15 year old. The 11 year old took a $20 bill. I just want to give this to you. Then he gave me the envelope and it's thick. I don't even know what's in the envelope, but here's the, here's the point, Josh. It's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen for you. So why don't you, why don't you, like in that one instance, Jeremy, as quick as it came into my hand, 
it went down line and the, Jeremy meant to bless one person. And I, I didn't even know how much it was. I go, Jeremy, how much was that? He goes, it was $300. I said, guess what just happened? Six people in the room got blessed, got showered because of Jeremy's blessing. Not just with 120, but with 220s. If he put hundreds in there, it'd have been a different story. I'd only had 300s. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? But, it, but, but, but not a different story. I would have still, I'd, I'd have probably given hundreds because the amount didn't matter. It's like that was the seed in my hand. That's what came in my hand. So here's my challenge to you. Listen, if this is a word from God, why don't you first and foremost, make sure you're putting God first. Make sure you honor God. Why? Because the you effect is if you honor God, he's going to open the windows of heaven over your life. But the second thing is, why don't in April, we just shower some blessings? Why don't we give over and above in April, believing that what we do in April is gonna set the course for the rest of the year. By the way, Craig, good to see you and Michelle. I love you guys with all my heart. I, I sent you a text. Did you get my text? I just, did I, did I send this scripture to you? I think I did because it was been, it's so been on my heart. I said, this is gonna happen, y'all. So how many of y'all believe that with me? Come on, let's, let's shower some blessing, all right, today. I love y'all. I hope you appreciate this word. I know I went a little bit long, but I wanted to give you at least one thing that I prepared a lot, but I believe it was the God thing, amen? Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.